the teens expressed their great disappointment to me. They wanted a, a good graduation speaker. <laughs> but they got me instead. Uh, and, you know, I, I can understand their, their great disappointment because <laughs> this is a very amazing, diverse group of graduates that we have in front of us. And, you know, there's homeschoolers, there's public schoolers, there's ones that love sports, some that hate sports, those that love to sing and like to do drama, and those that don't like those things. We have a graduate all the way from Spain and as far away as Elsie as well. So (laughs) it's a different culture. Mike, you'll have to take that off of the website. I don't want to offend anybody in Elsie. Uh, this is an amazing, diverse group of graduates. And now that they're heading into adulthood, they're going to be facing adult issues. And so we're going to talk about helping them find their purpose and their future. And if you remember one thing this morning, this is really it. This sums up everything that I'm going to share with you this morning. The church is where you will find your purpose and future. I could say amen and walk down from the platform this morning. In fact, in our staff meeting, I said I could end our message like that. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church is where you are going to find your future. The passage of scripture that I've chosen this morning is, is maybe one that we would normally gloss over, uh, even in our reading of God's word. Uh, it's the kind of passage in a Sunday school class that I said, hey, uh, somebody read this passage for me. They'd look at it and go, nope, not so much. I'm not going to read those names in there. And I wouldn't blame them. And I'm going to tell you this morning, I'll probably kill some of the names Uh, Even though I know how to pronounce them, they won't come out right when I'm reading it. So we're going to be looking at Romans 16, verses 3 through 16, as our launching pad this morning. But in a moment when I'm reading it, I want you to listen to the language in this passage. Paul sends his greetings, and it's loaded with the language of love, of family, of closeness, of admiration, of togetherness. And that is a beautiful thing that we can find in the church. So Romans chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. And I'll probably, my mind always reads Prisca, Priscilla, because it's it's Priscilla and Aquila, just so you know. Uh, Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their necks for my life. To whom, not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epineatus, who is the first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amphilatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman, Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Greet the beloved Persis. Who has worked hard in the Lord, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, 
who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nerus, and his sister Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. This, this is a beautiful passage of Scripture that when we look at it, it helps us to understand that God wants to bless us and He wants what's best for us. And that's why He wants us involved in His body, the church. The church is God's vehicle that He has chosen to impact the world with the light of of Christ with the gospel message. And he wants us to be part of that. And oftentimes when we look at the commands of God, we see them as obligations, but but when we really know Christ, we know that any any command God gives us is intended to be a blessing to us. He wants what's best for us and not to just put burdens on us. The passage of scripture when we understand God's blessing for us, the passage of Scripture in Hebrews 10 that we're pretty familiar with, we can see this not as an obligation and, 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 and of Paul or the writer of Hebrews trying to, to put this burden upon us when he says, Let us consider how to stir one another up toward love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but, in, some, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. That's a reminder for us that we should be meeting together, and it's not a burden, it's a blessing. We should be encouraging one another. And that's what we see happening even early on in the church through Paul as he writes this letter to the Romans. You see, the church is where you will find unity and love with other believers. This isn't God saying, go to church or I'll zap you. Go to church and be part of my body or, or bad things will, will come to you. This is God saying, I want blessing for you. I want togetherness. I want love. And I want you to have the encouragement of other believers. And much like our gra- group of graduates here this morning, there's a very diverse group that Paul is writing to. It's a very cosmopolitan group. Notice the diversity of names. We see, we see Greek and Gentile and members of the imperial household and Jewish. We have all of them lumped in together in this passage of scripture that Paul is talking to us about. We have male and female. We have husband and wife teams. We have widows. We have single ladies. We have faithful workers and we have new converts. All in this passage of scripture describing this heartfelt love that Paul has. There's 26 individuals and five house churches mentioned in this brief passage. And yet Paul calls all of them to greet one another with a holy kiss. And, And I remember the first time I really studied that out, I'm like, that's really weird. But it's not. What that means is, that means that there's supposed to be a peacefulness and a togetherness. And so when, when you come up here and I either shake your hand or I give you a big hug, that's just what I do. There, there's a togetherness, there's a love that we should have for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that should be evidenced by, by not tensions and rivalries, but, but greeting one another with a kiss of peace, the holy kiss. You see, church is not just a place where we are in, together in proximity to one another. It's where we're supposed to share life with one another. We're supposed to be together in, in our, our lives being knitted together as we pursue Christ together. Where love and loving one another 
it is ingrained into who we are because of what Christ has done for us. You see, as diverse as this group is, we're all the same. All of us are sinners in need of a Savior. And all of us, only our only hope of eternal life is through Jesus Christ our Lord. And trusting Him as our Lord and Savior, we are all the same, no matter what our background is. That is our one hope. That is the one thing that brings us together and can unite us. And so we should have unity because we're called to that. And we have to remember that the church is supposed to be different from the world. The church is called to be different from the world. Look at me at 2 Corinthians 6, 14-16, which will be on the screen. A passage of scripture that we oftentimes only use regarding relationships, but I've talked with the teens about this several times before. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers for what partnership has righteousness to do with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Bilal? Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Paul is telling the Roman church, by, by even just bringing all of these names together in this great passage of blessing and greetings, and that, that we are all in this together. We are all part of the temple of the living God. And while there, while there may not be complete agreement on everything in their life, there is agreement on who Jesus Christ is. And there can't be that same kind of unity between those that are in the light and those that are in the darkness. There's a distinct difference between those who have named Christ as Savior and those who have not. And so we as the church are supposed to be bearers of that light. And, and everyone in every church should understand that. Every church that's preaching the gospel should know and understand that. Notice in verse 4 of our passage, it says, not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Or later in verse 16, where it says, all the churches of Christ greet you. There's a togetherness between those churches that understand what the biblical message of salvation is, and that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That the only way to peace with God is through a relationship, through the grace, the mercy, and the forgiveness that He has offered to us on the cross. And so, the church must be united about what the gospel is. So find yourself a church that understands that and knows that. But the reality is is that the church is not always perfect. Unfortunately, the church is filled with sinners just like you and me. And although we should always reflect the kind of relationship toward one another that we read about here in Romans chapter 16, we don't always do that well. And it may be that you will come across people in your life that will casually say things in passing to you that, that hurt you, that offend you, that cause you harm. While that is not their desire, people will oftentimes, even in trying to serve one another, cause unintended pain. But the reality is, is that if we are a church that believes in grace and mercy and the gospel, then we should be able to deal with these kinds of things because we are the family of God. A passage that Pastor Tim will be preaching on here shortly is Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. We just studied this as the teens, but I thought it would be very appropriate to include 
it here this morning. It says, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Find a church that, that believes that. And, and don't just expect that of others. Live that yourself. Because, because if you are willing to live with others in humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love, you will be able to maintain the bond of peace. And there are no perfect churches. And perhaps, maybe you've even experienced hurts growing up here in this church. Maybe a Sunday school teacher casually said something that, that, that hurt you. Or maybe one of your friends or peers said something. Or, or maybe Pastor Chad opened his mouth and inserted his foot, which has been known to happen, right? And maybe I hurt your feelings. Bear with me. Bear with others in love. And extend grace and mercy. And find a church that believes in that. If we've done that, we wholeheartedly ask for your forgiveness. And trust that if you know Christ as your Savior, you will want to continue to grow in your knowledge of Him who called you. You see, the beautiful thing is, is that the church is the family of God. Notice all the beautiful familial language used by Paul. Several times he called people my kinsmen, probably referring to the fact that they were of Jewish heritage. He calls them family. He even calls Rufus's mom, who has been a mother to me as well. Right? Maybe many of you have friends here at the church and you're like, oh, so-and-so's mom, they're like a mom to me as well. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And there's nothing that, that enlightens my heart. And I know it's kind of like old-fashioned and passe probably now in our culture. But I love when I see somebody, I'm like, hey, brother, how you doing? And they're like, oh, yeah. And then we give you a hug. And it's like, I, I love that family feel of the family of God. And that's the kind of church that you should be looking for, where you can fit in and be part of that family, where you can find your place to be part of that family and understand your role in their lives and their role in yours. In fact, for many of you, this church is where you heard about Jesus. Many of you grew up in great Christian homes and your family wanted you to, to come to know Christ as your Savior and, and I'm sure that they were sharing with you in, in devotions at home and, and they were sharing with you uh, as you would go about life and living. But this church and your family are where you heard about Jesus. And Lord willing, when you go from here someday, if you are to get married, Lord willing, if you are to have children, Lord willing, your children will hear about Jesus in the church that you choose to be part of as well. Or, they won't. And I encourage you, find a good church that preaches the gospel so that your children will hear about Christ. Because as a parent, sometimes we screw up. I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Parents sometimes do that. We're sinners too. And having a body of believers that is the family of God coming around your family to encourage them to know Jesus and to walk with Jesus is a beautiful thing. Your family didn't just bring you to Awana and Sunday school and all of these church events because they wanted to dump you off. I know it maybe did feel like that sometimes as you popped out and they sped off. 
Sometimes it feels that way. But they brought you here because they want you to hear about who Christ is. They want you to to know about the gospel and to build that into every aspect in the fabric of your life. You see, this is one of the most beautiful things about the church. We are a diverse group of believers come together to form something beautiful. A family. That's the beauty of the church. We're not just together out of necessity, but out of love and a desire to see one another grow into Christ-likeness. Earlier in the book of Romans, in chapter 14, Paul says this, in Romans 14, 19, So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now, sometimes the ESV is just awkward, and this is one of them, but I kind of like it. The church is supposed to be about mutual upbuilding. You and I should be about building one another up. We talk about words like helping one another and serving one another and edifying one another. But I really like mutual upbuilding. I think it's a gooder word. (laughs) The church should be a place where we can say to one another, I love you, warts and all. I know that you're broken. I'm broken, and we love one another, warts and all. Find a place where you can find brothers and sisters in Christ that are going to make peace and for mutual upbuilding in your life. That is a decision you will never, ever regret. And as many of you have already exemplified in your lives, the church is where you will serve and be served. Again, look at, look at the words that Paul uses in Romans chapter 16. In verse 3, he calls them fellow workers. In verse 4, he says, not only the fellow workers, but those who risk their necks for my life. I don't know about you, but I want to be surrounded with people in my life who love me so much that they're willing to risk their neck for me. And we do that every day in the body of Christ as we serve one Another. In verse 6, he says, Mary, who worked hard for you. In verse 7, they were fellow prisoners. People who were willing to be in jail with Paul under house arrest, facing persecution, because they were bonded together through the bonds of Christ. Verse 9, he calls them his fellow workers in Christ. In verse 12, he says, greet those workers in the Lord. And later he says, those who have... He who has worked hard in the Lord. Man, I want to surround myself with brothers and sisters in Christ who are going to go to work with me and go to work for me. And, and sometimes when I'm struggling in my life, they're going to grab me by the shirt tails and drag me along. That's what the body of Christ is supposed to do for one another. That's who Paul surrounded himself with. That's who Paul was encouraging them to surround themselves with with like-minded men and women who love one another and work hard for jesus together that is beautiful and that's what the church is and what the church should be you see the church should be a place where we bear one another's hurts pains and burdens we all live our lives, day to day, in a world that's opposed to our faith. We live our lives in a world that Satan is at work and he causes technical glitches like that blue screen of death 
And he wants to see Christians fail. And he wants to see them not invest in God's word. And, and we are under attack all the time. And so there's a lot of hurts and pains and burdens that we face. Some from the outside and some because of our own fallen sinful flesh, which we still struggle with each and every day. But the church is where we should bear one another's hurts and pains and burdens. Galatians 5.13 tells us this, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The church is where you have the opportunity to serve one another. And you will have the freedom. Many of you, for the first times in your life, you will have the freedom to choose where you want to go and what you want to do and what you want to be part of and what kind of church you would like to be associated with. Find one that teaches and preaches the gospel and that is filled with people that are willing to bear with one another. Find one filled with people who know that they're free, but they don't use that freedom as an opportunity to serve themselves or for the flesh. But instead, they use it as an opportunity through love to serve one another. That, that's what a beautiful church should be and should look like. Later in Galatians, Paul says this in Galatians 6, 2. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We know that the gospel message is simple, that Christ took our sin, our pain, our death, our separation upon himself. So that when we place our faith and trust in him, we will have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And he puts his righteousness on us. That's the beauty of the gospel. But when we see and think about bearing one another's burdens, actually helps us to fulfill the law of Christ. Greater love is no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You and I should be the kind of Christians that are willing to, to bear one another's burdens and so reflect the love of Christ that he has placed in us to the world around us. It's our opportunity to make a choice. Because the Holy Spirit is in us, we now have the ability to honor and to, to, to live a life set apart to God that's holy and pleasing to him. That we can't do that on our own. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life that now does please him and fulfills the law of Christ. We can, ha we can live a life that people from the outside will go, wow, there's something different about that guy, that girl, and that church that they're part of. They love one another. They serve one another. It's almost like they're being Jesus to one another. That's the kind of church you need to be part of. You see, because the church is also where we will find help to walk with Christ in that world that is so opposed to our faith. As we are walking along and bearing one another's burdens and, and serving one another and using our freedom to love one another instead of to serve our own flesh, that is where we'll find the help to do that in our day-to-day -day lives. Because this is what the church is supposed to be. The church is where you will find your purpose and your future. The church is where... All of us who are called to know Jesus Christ as our Savior gather together to encourage one another for mutual upbuilding and to sometimes kick one another in the pants when that's what we need. 
I'm thankful none of you have ever needed that. But I know from time to time, I do. So we need to find people who are willing to speak the truth in love to us. Instead of multiplying kisses and telling us what we want to hear. We need to find a church where there's going to be people who challenge us in the word, who, who, with pastors and preachers and teachers, that, that when we go to the word, they don't just gloss over the difficult passages of scripture that are maybe cause us to be unsettled and not, you know, maybe not feel good about ourselves. Or I appreciate, as our brother Andrew prayed for you, where we don't want to hurt your feelings and make you not have a good identity. We want you to know your identity is in Christ. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation, and that is settled. And so we want to share the hard things of God's word with you to challenge you to grow and to love Jesus all the more. For some of you sitting down here, that may simply be that this church is where you will be in the future. Maybe this church is the church where you will find your purpose and your future as you continue to be involved here and to learn, to serve, and to grow. But for others, you will have to go out and find your own church for the very first time. For some, you may, you may have to go to a church and find a new place to serve because you, you're comfortable serving where you've been and, and you know what it's like serving in nursery and toddlers and maybe you know what it's like to serve in Beacon of Hope and, and you know what it's like in the youth ministry and, and you know what it's like to serve at, at the Maplewood Center and you know what it's like to be part of the Finding Answers class that we've had at the high school and you can just kind of invite people to that and come and be part of it. This is all our comfort and our norm and all that's going to be new for you. But how exciting for you that you get to find a new spot in God's family that needs you, that needs your giftedness, and that will want to rally around you to help you to grow, to love Jesus more. You have a chance to find new people who will be your brother, your sister, your mother, your father in Christ. And they don't have to be just like you. They don't have to look just like you. They don't have to like any of the same things that you like but they need to love Jesus. You can learn from people who are different from you, but love Jesus just like you do, because that's the beauty of the body of Christ. You may be heading out into the world to find your way, but you need to find a place where you can learn and serve and grow and love and be loved, because the outside world is hostile to your faith. The church is where you will find your place and your future. And our hope here at First Baptist Church is that we can be the kind of church that is described here in the book of Romans and that I've talked about this morning. We're not a perfect church. There are no perfect churches. You will not go out and find a perfect church. But if you find one that believes God's word and believes the challenges from Scripture that, that we've briefly looked at here this morning, I have utter confidence that God will continue to use you, that he will bless you, and that he will bring around you people that you can love and be loved by as you serve Jesus together. That's my greatest hope and prayer for you. Find a good church that will help you in your walk with Christ. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here this morning. We thank you for times in our lives where we can think about and reflect upon our station in life and where we are at. I thank you for these teens and the accomplishments that you have helped them to accomplish for their families and their faithfulness, whether homeschooled or public schooled, and and helping them to get to this point in their life. And Lord, I pray your hand of blessing on them as they make decisions about college and where they're going to go and jobs and where they're going to live and, and all of those different kinds of things. We pray that you would help them to find a faithful body of believers to be part of. Help them to know and to understand that that the church is your vehicle to impact the world, and you want them to be part of it as well. Lord, we pray for our church. Help us to be the kind of church that we talked about this morning. For the mutual upbuilding of one another, for the loving of one another, for the serving of one another, help us to truly be the family of God and help them to find a family as they go from this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.